1: The Monster Mash And to my graveyard singing.
0: Doing the Monster Mash with you on this beautiful Valentine's Day then Marty, why did you play that song today? There must be thousands of love songs Well, it's, it's kind of a love song All the monsters enjoying each other's company You know, dancing Holding their evil in check You played the wrong record, didn't you? Why are you doing this to me?
1: And this is for my Huggy Bug In honor of this special day Special
0: day. Oh, what have I forgotten now? Now, don't panic. Is it bacon day? No, nope, that's crazy talk. She's getting impatient. Take a stab at it. Happy
1: Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you, dear. <laughs> Woohoo! i I bet you have a lot of things planned, eh, Dad?
0: Uh, kind of. N- nobody makes a big deal out of Valentine's Day. If you think I'm cuddly and you want my company, come on, wifey, let
1: me know. Ah, 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 oh! Hey, Dad, why don't you give Mom her present?
0: What a nice idea, son. It's uh, upstairs, on the second floor of our house. I'll just go get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: Welcome to OK Talk. I'm Clinton. Matt will be along shortly, no doubt after he attempts yet again to sire a child upon his lovely wife, Megan. Speaking of siring upon, happy Valentine's Day. In the spirit of the holiday, I'd like to thank all of you who had taken the time to write us love letters in the form of reviews in iTunes. It's much appreciated. Tonight's episode will be a monster mash of stories we love. We hope you enjoy, and thanks again for listening to OK Talk. Our first story of love dates back some 3,000 years before the white man gave the native peoples the gift of blankets riddled with smallpox. It comes from the Cherokee. And though several variations of the story have Survived, we nonetheless hope to give you the best version that fits our current narrative. You see, a long time ago, a widow lived with one daughter at the old town of Kanunga on the Pigeon River. The young girl was of age to marry, and the mother would talk to her a great deal about the type of husband that she should seek. She told her that she must be sure and take a good hunter for a husband, so that they would have someone to take care of them, and would always have plenty of meat in the house. The girl worried that such a man was hard to find, but her mother advised her not to be in too much of a hurry, and to wait until the right man came along. Now in those times, the mother slept in the main house while the girl slept outside in what is known as an assi. Think of it as some sort of wigwam or teepee, if you will. One dark night, a stranger came wanting to court the girl. But she told him her mother would not let her marry no one, but a good hunter would do well said the stranger I am a great hunter so she let him come in and he stayed all the night and just before the day had come he left to go back to his own home when the day came she went out and found there a deer which she brought into the house to her mother and told her it was a present from her new sweetheart her mother was pleased and they had venison for breakfast. He came again the next night, but again went away before the day, and this time he left not one but two deer outside. The mother was all the more pleased, but said to her daughter, I wish your sweetheart would bring us some wood. Now, wherever he might be, the stranger knew their thoughts. So when he came the next time, he said to the girl, "'Tell your mother I have brought the wood.' And when she looked out in the morning, there were several giant trees lying in front of the door, roots, branches, and all. The old woman was angry and said he might have brought us some wood that we could use instead of whole trees that we can't split. The road is littered with brush." "'and the hunter knew what she had said. "'The next time he came, he brought nothing, "'and when they looked out in the morning, "'the trees were gone and there was no wood at all, "'and so the old woman had to go, "'seeking wood for herself. "'Almost every night he came to see the girl, "'and each time he brought a deer or some other game, "'but still always he left before daylight. "'At last her mother said to her, "'Your husband always leaves before daylight. "'Why does he not wait?' I want to see what kind of son-in-law I have." When the girl told this to her husband, he said he could not let the old woman see him because his sight would frighten her. Well, she wants to see you anyhow. She began to cry, until at last he consented. The next morning he did not leave so early, but remained. And when it was daylight, the girl went out and told her mother. The old woman came and looked in. And there she saw a giant with long slanted eyes lying doubled up on the floor, his body twice the size of the house in which he slept. She gave only one look and ran back into the house screaming and crying. The hunter was terribly angry He untwisted himself and came out, said goodbye to the girl, telling her that he would never let her mother see him again, but would go back to his own country. Soon after he left, the girl had her monthly period, and there was a very great flow of blood, and the mother threw it all into the river. One night after the girl had gone to bed, her husband came again to the door and said to her, it seems you are alone. And asked, where was the child? She said, there has been none. Then he asked, where was the blood? And she said that her mother had thrown it into the river. She told just the place where it was. And he went down to the river and he found a small worm in the water. He took it up, carried it back. And as he walked, it took form and began to grow. Until when he reached the house... It was a baby girl he was carrying. He gave it to his wife, said, Your mother does not like me and abuses our child. So come, let us go to my home. The girl wanted to be with only her husband and after telling her mother goodbye she took the child and off they went. Now the girl had an older brother who lived with his own wife in another settlement. And when he heard that his sister was married, he came to pay a visit to her and her new husband. But when he arrived, his mother had told him that his sister had taken her child and gone away. Nobody knew where. He was sorry to see that his mother was so lonely, so he said that he would go after his sister and try to find her and bring her back. It was easy to follow the footprints of the giant. And the young man went along the trail until he came to a place where it seemed that they had rested. And there were tracks tracks where a young child had been lying and other marks as if a baby had been born there. He went on along the trail and came to another place where it seemed that they had rested and there were tracks of a baby crawling about and another lying on the ground. Twice again he found where they had rested. And then the trail led up the slope of the bold mountain. And he heard the sound of drums and voices as if people were dancing inside the mountain. Soon he came to a cave, like a doorway in the side of the mountain, but the rock was so steep and smooth, he could not climb. He could just look over the edge and see the head and shoulders of a great many people dancing inside. He saw what he thought to be his sister dancing among them, and he called out to her. She turned when she heard his voice, and soon after the drumming stopped, She had no trouble climbing down the rock and leading her two children by the hand. She was very glad to see her brother and talked with him for quite a while, but she didn't want him to come inside. At last, he retired without having seen her husband. Several more times the brother came to the mountain, but always his sister met him outside. Still, the brother wanted to see his sister and her husband, so he went again to the mountain and she came out to meet him. He asked her to see her husband, and this time she told him to come inside. They seemed to be alone, but his sister called aloud. He wants to see you. And from the air came a voice. You cannot see me until you put on a new dress, and then I will reveal myself. "'I am willing,' said the young man. "'Go back, then, and tell your people that to see me they must go into their homes fast for seven days, and in all that time they must not come out, and on the seventh day I shall come with new dresses for you all. "'Then you can see me.'" The young man went back to the village and told the people. They all wanted to see Sul Kalu, who owned all the game in the mountain. So they went into the townhouses and they began to fast. They fasted the first day and the second day and every day until the seventh day. All but one man from another settlement who slipped out every night when it was dark to get something to eat and then slipped in again when no one was watching. On the morning of the seventh day, the sun was just coming up in the east when they heard a great noise like the thunder of rocks rolling down the side of Bald Mountain. They were frightened and drew together into their houses. No one dared utter a whisper. Nearer and louder came the sound until it grew into an awful roar. Everyone trembled, held his and her breaths. All but one man, the stranger from the other settlement, who had lost his senses from fear and ran out of the house and shouted the war cry. At once, the roar stopped, and for some time there was silence. Then they heard it again, but it was further away, and then further, and then further, until at last it died away in the direction of the mountain. And then all was still again. Still, the brother was not disheartened but came again to see his sister and she brought him into the mountain. He asked why Sul Kalu had not brought the new dresses as he had promised, and the voice from the air said, I came with them, but you did not obey my word, but broke the fast and raised the war cry. It was not done by our people, but by a stranger. If you come again, we will surely do as you say. The voice answered, Now you can never see me. Then the young man could say, No more. And he returned to the village without his sister. To this day, there is a place where you can see the giant claw print of the great Sul Kalu embedded into the rock. Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Miss Hoover, can we exchange our Valentines? Not just yet, Janie. First, we're going to construct paper mailboxes to store the Valentines. Isn't that just pointless busy work? Bullseye, get cracking. Yes, Ralph. My parents won't let me use scissors.
2: <laughs> the children are
1: right to laugh at you, Ralph. These things couldn't cut butter. Now, take out your red crayons. Miss Hoover? Yes, Ralph. I don't have a red crayon. Why not? I ate it. (laughs)
0: Attention, everyone. This is Principal Skinner. Some student, possibly Bart Simpson, has been circulating candy hearts featuring crude, off-color sentiments. Well, let me tell you something. Valentine's Day is no joke. Sending your chick a valentine, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Johnny. Johnny! Johnny! Cool, I broke his brain.
0: Here is the news, the latest news.
2: So this is the Harper's Weekly Review by Matthew Sherrill. Winter storm Jonas deposited up to three feet of snow throughout the eastern seaboard, causing power outages, flooding, and transit closures. At least 30 people died during the blizzard from car accidents, carbon monoxide poisoning, and cardiac arrest caused by shoveling snow. New York City officials announced that anyone driving a car during the storm would be arrested, and police in Washington, D.C. threatened to hand out $750 tickets to motorists who got stuck in the snow. An economist at BYU University predicted that there would be a slight uptick in births in nine months. Quote, they're just told to hunker down in their houses, he said, until everything can get plowed. (laughs) The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention advise pregnant women to avoid traveling to parts of Africa, South America, and the South Pacific where the mosquito-borne Zika virus is causing children to be born with abnormally small brains. The governor of Michigan denied that race played a factor in his administration's insistence that lead contaminated water was safe to drink in the majority black city of Flint. And teachers in Detroit staged a sick out to protest their schools' understaffing, aging facility, and lack of funds. Quote, I want to be able to go to school and not have to worry, said one student, about being bitten by mice. <laughs> Pennsylvania parents were angered after their children were forced to answer questions about their sexual orientation and family finances at a school-sponsored kindness workshop. In Iowa, Republican presidential candidate Carly Fiorina posed in front of an anti-abortion poster with preschoolers whose parents did not consent to the photograph. Quote, he can't fully comprehend that stuff, said one boy's father. He likes dinosaurs. Islamic militants murdered at least 22 students and instructors at Pakistan's Baka Khan University. It was reported that the Islamic State had cut fighters' salaries by 50 percent and was using a Justin Bieber hashtag on Twitter to spread recruitment videos. Saudi Arabia's highest-ranking cleric issued a fatwa condemning the game of chess, claiming it causes animity and hatred. The Danish town of Randers voted to require pork in school lunches. A 10-year-old Muslim student in Lancashire. England was questioned by police after he misspelled the word terrorist (laughs) t-e-r-r-a-c-e-d and wrote instead that he lived in a terrorist house. And the UK home office misspelled the word language in an announcement of new English tests for immigrants. An official UK report concluded that Vladimir Putin probably approved the 2006 assassination of an ex-Russian spy with radioactive Polonium 2010, and M15, Britain's domestic intelligence agency, was named the most LGBT-friendly workplace in the country. Astrophysicists at the California University of Technology announced that they 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 may have discovered a distant ninth planet, and archaeologists from the University of Cambridge unearthed the remains of a 10,000-year-old massacre in Kenya, in which 27 people were killed with arrows and clubs eight museum employees in Cairo were put on trial for gross negligence for clumsily gluing the beard back onto King Tutton Commons' mask after it became detached. Academy Award-winning actor Jamie Foxx rescued a man from a burning truck in Los Angeles and former U.S. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld helped create a new mobile video game entitled Churchill Solitaire. Within each game, there are thousands of different paths, said the game's developers. Only a few people lead them to victory. A New York City Emerging Emergency room doctor was suspended after he was accused of ejaculating onto a semi conscious patient, and the New York City Council considered easing its restrictions on public urination. North Korean scientists claimed to have created hangover-resistant liquor. The Food Drug Administration recalled Master Herb Incorporated's licorice coughing liquid that contained morphine, and officials in China investigated 35 restaurants for using opium seeds to season their dishes. The Chinese government launched an online database of 870 officially recognized living reincarnations of the Buddha and Pope Francis described the internet as quote a gift of God. <laughs> That's what we can review
3: very interesting thing about that Churchill solitaire from Donald Rumsfeld. Do you know the story behind that? No did he talk about it on Colbert? He may have, but I, I... I've got the I've got the Colbert waiting on me because I heard it's spectacular So that game literally does track back to Winston Churchill. He invented this form of solitaire. I mean, it's solitaire, you know, like with a deck of cards. Actually, I think it's two decks. He invented this form of solitaire to keep his mind busy. He passed that on to, and I'm, I'm going to forget exactly the lineage here, but there was a, uh, an ambassador or some sort of politician in exile in London from, I don't remember where he was from, somewhere in Europe. He passed that game on to that guy. Right, so he taught him how to play it. That guy taught Rumsfeld how to play it, and so Rumsfeld said, "Okay, I, I'm going to make this this mobile game." But it's really fascinating. It's just this one, this one form of the game that was passed down from Churchill to this guy to Rumsfeld, and now it's so Rumsfeld gave it to the world. Yep, he gifted it to the world. Well, a small
2: consolation prize <laughs> for Iraq, but whatever.
3: I don't, I think that's kind of interesting, though. That is interesting.
2: It's it's a it's a great story.
1: Mm-hmm. Poor Ralph. Here you go, Ralph. <gasps> you choo choo choose me. Happy Valentine's. Can I walk you home, Valentine? Sure, I guess. That Valentine sure was funny. <laughs> Glad you liked it. <laughs> it says, choo-choo-choose me. <laughs> and there's a picture of a train. Yeah, <laughs> Nice gag. Uh, so, do you like stuff the doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there <laughs> well here's my house
2: I've been lucky enough to be in Alaska several times and the last few times that I've gone I've gone to the same place, a place called Elvin Cove which is in the uh, Aleutian chain right? I've Read about Alaska all my life I was there as a kid or whatever. And I didn't know that Juneau and that area down through all those islands is all rainforest. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was coastal rainforest. I didn't know that the reason that Juneau, the weather's pretty much exactly like Seattle. It's, you know, it'll snow, but it'll blow out. It's. Yeah. We were there. I was there with a bunch of country boys, um, people who. Uh, ran Pilgrim's Pride and people who various uh, various companies that um, all use the same big equipment for their warehouses were all kind of in this area. In this group. Fishing group. There's this dude from Georgia. His name is Mike. Yeah, man, he was awesome. He was so awesome. His voice. I love him so much. We were out kind of walking around and, and he was telling me He was like, I want to go up there on one of them hills and see one of them musk eggs. Have you ever heard of this? A musk egg? They say it's where the glaciers when the snow melts. On top of the mountains. And like a clear pool just on top of the mountains. And they all end up looking like eggs. I was fascinated by his voice. He's so country (laughs) and ruddy-cheeked and white hair and mid-50s. He and I walked away from this little area i think like during the winter there's like one person that lives there to keep like the generators running and then in the summer and during the fishing season like all these kids will come from seattle or wherever there's a bunch of dreadlocked wooks out there running fishing boats and big business you know salmon fish in the morning go out deep sea halibut fish all that but we just walked away from our little area kind of just surveying the island and we're 500 yards away, maybe from our house. And Mike looked at me and he goes, If ever there was a place that there would be elves, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's because, you know, the moss and the, yeah. it just didn't look like Alaska. And I'd been to Alaska before and that didn't look like yeah. Alaska. And then two nights later, uh, the guy who owned the place, he, he uh, his son was like 14 or 15. He and a buddy, um, the way that this, uh, lodge was situated, you know, 15 feet out back and then it's, um, pretty much like a mountain juts so up. Mm-hmm. It's an Island. So it's, you know, you're on the top of a mountain chain. That's just had water come up. Yeah. So the hill ascends pretty quickly and they were deer hunting, um, And the way that they hunt is they'd go up 100 yards, and one of them would stop. And then the other one would go up 50 yards or whatever and be higher elevation than them. And then the first one that shoots something, the other one would come to them, clean the deer. The kid's son, who's, again, 14, 15, he was the one that was further down, and he shoots a deer, and his brother, best buddy or whatever, comes down. Wasn't his brother. Friend. comes down to him and he's in this little clearing and he's already cleaning the steer. they hear like this rustle in the bush snort snort and a bear charges them. <laughs> and guy I mean out of a movie guy picks his rifle up goes to cock it it jams he's trying to kick it trying to kick it the thing's charging him other guy grabs his rifle turns shoots <laughs> It's the thing right in the chest. It stands up and screams bloody murder at him. He gets one more into it. It drops down and turns and runs back into the bushes and just throws a fit, tearing shit up. It's just holy hell right there at the bush line. And they're flipping out. Yeah. Just watching this monster go bananas. And he charges them again. And they put three more shots in him on this charge. And drop him. He was 12 and a half feet from nose to toe. Wow. And here's the thing. The dude had, uh, he was actually a pretty big guy like myself. He put like his 13 inch tennis shoe and it didn't reach the end of the dude's jaw. Right? Like his jaw. Not like where his snout starts, but like his jaw. That's crazy. And their dad was so pissed. The field operator of this lodge was a former game warden, and he went up there with them to help them dispose of the body because it was illegal what they did. Yeah, This thing was going to kill them. Illegal. Amazing. Amazing stories of the wild.
3: Wow.
1: you're not interested. Well, honey...
0: Let me handle this, Marge. I've heard them all. I like you as a friend. I think we should see other people. I know speak English. I get the idea. I'm married to the sea. I don't want to kill you, but I will.
1: Honey, I tell this boy that you're very flattered, but you're just not ready for this kind of thing. Thanks, Mom.
0: And if that doesn't work, six simple words. I'm not gay, but I'll learn.
1: Lisa, do you want a bite of my ice cream? No, thanks. Send it this way, boy. Whoops. Aw. Oh. oh, nothing gets chocolate out. See? I don't like you. I never liked you. And the only reason I gave you that stupid Valentine is because nobody else would. Watch this, Lise. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half.
3: And now. Ah. I was trying to explain that phenomenon to my wife. Who was not into Pink Floyd whatsoever. I'm huge about it. But he was like I didn't know what's the deal with Wizard of
2: Oz. <laughs> what's the deal with Bigfoot? That's uh That's really cool. I didn't know that you were into the Floyd.
3: Uh yeah, deep. Real deep. That's like my deep dive on bands is okay so let me just tell you this then Mm -hmm. so
2: when the Fish announced that they were gonna start they were gonna do a Halloween costume a musical costume they were gonna cover an album the first time it was 1994 and then fans could vote and like they would uh, back then you know it was like the very beginning of the internet right it's one of the things that Fish like used you know to the best of their abilities, but, uh, you know, they'd have a newsletter that they sent out called the Donyak Schweiss, and they would, you know, have, like, poles and bits in it and all this stuff, and so, like, when they are going into the arena, nobody knew what they are going to play, and, you know, it was pretty much, like, Thriller, Dark Side of the Moon, or The Beatles, you know? Yeah and they actually like the lights are out and they play the um, they play like the very like first few notes of thriller like over the intercom and then it goes into ed sullivan introducing the beatles and they play the white album and so they did that in 94 and 95 they did the who and the whole time they're saying that the fans are voting for this but i think the band was just like we're gonna (laughs) do whatever we want And they played... uh, Working it a little bit. Right. They played the Who's Quadrophenia in 95, and then they stopped doing voting, and they did uh, The Talking Heads Remain in the Light at the Omni in Atlanta in 96, and they didn't play Halloween in 97, but 98, they're playing Halloween in Vegas. And you could go to Vegas and bet in any casino, and it was two to one, that it was Dark Side of the Moon. Like, it was happening, right? Yeah. Can't get a ticket, you know, is the wildest scene. Fish is like, at that point, you know, and they even said, like, we're
3: the best band on the planet. Like, it's not... Yeah, I remember... Let's see, I went to college, and I graduated in 2000, and I remember like Fish really being a thing Mm -hmm. like in that even for me who never really followed them all that closely like I remember it was sort of in the the air almost Mm -hmm. what Fish was about. So they're at the Thomas and Mack Center
2: and they come out and how they do it on Halloween is they play like a set of their own stuff and then the second set is the costume and they come out and they do the costume and then they come out and play a third set So it's always like a late night. It's a bigger show. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a long show. And uh, plus everybody in Vegas want to get in the building. Well, they play um, Velvet Underground's Loaded. Just completely off the wall. You know, nobody's left corner, right? Yeah. Well, so after Vegas, they're going to Utah to play Salt Lake City and then go into Phoenix. And so like, if you're at Vegas, you just go down to Phoenix, you know, which I actually have made that drive for the fish and, you know, yeah, and, you know, go up to Salt Lake city and then go down. Like, so basically fish rolls up and there's like nobody there. They're playing the E center in Salt Lake city, which is an outdoor arena. That's like, you know, a shed like 30,000 and there's like four or 5,000 people there. Their tour manager walks up when they're kind of getting up and getting off the bus or whatever. And he's like, dude, there's nobody here. And Trey gets this big grin on his face. He's like, we should play Dark Side. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, we should play Dark Side. So they play, you know, their first set. And then they come out in the second set. And they, they play a tune. And then they play the song that, like, every time they play it, it has this narration story in it. The story always revolves around this kid named Jimmy. So they get into that little, and Trey starts talking, telling a story or whatever. And his story was that Jimmy went to go see this concert in Las Vegas, and it was really hard to get in there, and he couldn't get tickets. So, anyway, he was like, got in his buddy's car, and he was driving up to Utah. And just as they were hitting him in the desert, his buddy put in a CD. And it was one of Jimmy's favorite CDs. And it's like the. Uh, and the place goes bananas. The only copies are audience recordings, but they're really good. But like audience recordings, like you hear the audience more. <laughs> yeah. And it is in like I mean I have goosebumps and I wasn't there and I but I've just it's like you get the people like when they're like
1: oh, oh, oh,
2: oh. man Fishman did the great gig in the sky and came out and did the that's singing awesome. and it's just him <laughs> the little midget that was really cool it's just so funny like that's just where they would do like fuck you guys yeah. you know all those people are like in phoenix like
1: what yeah. We're like dark side of the boat
3: in Utah! what <laughs> you get for not following them everywhere. At the E-Center. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the internet. Do you remember the first website you ever went to? Mm. I do. I remember very clearly. Really? Yeah, <laughs> the first website I ever went to. And it's not anything impressive. What year was it? Was it 98? <sighs> no, it would have been before that. Um, because we were... We were still in our first house so we didn't move we moved out of there maybe 95 or so. So it was probably 94 95. We had dial up back then. And I remember I was big for whatever reason into the red green show. I don't know if you remember that show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they just launched they launched a website for red green show and i I had recorded the show i know i I had to have recorded it because it kept running back and I remember our living room was on one side of the house, and then the room the sort of spare bedroom where we had the computer was in the other side of the house, and I was running back and forth. I was too dumb, I guess, to write down the internet address and i didn 't know how they worked like i wasn 't familiar with the the conventions of typing out a web address, so I was <laughs> Like, trying to r- make up ways to remember HTTP, like, whatever that meant back then. Right. And, r- like, remember that, and then I have to write down this whole thing. And it was some long, obnoxious internet address, like most of them were back then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the first site I went to was, was Red Green Show website. <laughs> you know what? I really... I was always in computer
2: classes. Like, I took yeah. computer at a very early age. And, you know, I remember that it's one thing I can give my parents and like my mom and my buddy's mom because we took all those classes together like we would be like six and seven and we were over at the lab like at TJC yeah and uh so I was always in and around computers and I definitely took like I was in a computer course my freshman year at TJC like because I went to two years at JUCO or whatever. But like, I don't think we use the internet, you know? So like, that's kind of hazy for me. I think the first time that I used the web was when I went to London. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, cause that was kind of crucial for our, like, I know we had a, we had like our e- email set up and stuff. that was like one of the first things that we did at school every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'd go in and, that way we could, like, connect with whoever. And honestly, the, the first thing that I may have ever looked at was, like, the National Basketball Association because that was the draft was going on. And, um you know, the page loading so very, very slowly. Yeah. And the Mavericks drafted Robert Tractor-Trailer, and I was like, yes, a big black guy <laughs> from Michigan. And then the next day cuz it was later on they traded him for some giant german like mother of god why <laughs> why would you ever do that you know that guy's only
3: going <laughs> into the hall yeah he hadn't made anything of himself
2: no no he's just number 6
3: on the all-time scoring list that's i'm i'm sure i'm sure i went to something before that but that's the first time i remember actually trying to remember an an internet address and typing it in and just wanting to see what was there Yeah,
2: I remember being kind of a jerk about it when I first went to college uh, at Abilene and like the professors being like, you got to have the email or whatever. You were not having any of that? Well, I remember that one thing that I did, the first email that I wrote, I think I wrote in all caps. And (laughs) my professor's like, you realize that you're screaming at me. (laughs) And, you know, I was just such, just like I am now, just such a know-it-all, like, I don't need to be <laughs> what email. I guess I'm a little, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a little bit different, but I just, like, I was like, really, like, our communication has to come through this machine now? hmm I mean, computers were for games, buddy. Games. Yeah. There's nothing better. Did you ever play, like, TIE Fighter? I never got big into those. I played, um... Like X Wing and TIE Fighter yeah. were the coolest Star Wars games.
3: I'm trying to remember the I, I had Oh one, no, no, no no. It started with Doom. Well, yeah, I had Doom, obviously, and Wolfenstein. Yeah, Castle um, I played, Wolfenstein. I played a ton of Wolfenstein 3D and Doom. Uh the one that I fell into the hardest was Descent. I don't know if you ever played that, but it was like a th- it was kind of the first it may have even been the first game that required a 3D card. Um, but it was a, you were basically in space flying a spaceship and you're flying through these mines in, uh, who knows where Mars or something or an asteroid and stuff like that. So it was the, the whole bit was you could go, you could flip upside down and fly anywhere. And, uh, and it also had a multiplayer component where my buddy of mine across town had it as well. And we would literally dial each other's modems. You would direct dial to his, to his modem. And then he'd. We'd be in the same space together. And I remember that was probably the first time I ever played multiplayer online. With wow. That's, everybody. that's, it was pretty heady. Like, I that's was, way up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, I mean, Doom was huge. I remember, uh, my uncle, he's maybe 10 years older than me. So we were, we were relatively close in age. Um, no, he's probably, he's more than 10 years older. He's probably like 15 years older. And so we, we always played, um, games together. Like, we played... He had the Apple IIe, and so he played games like Uninvited. I don't know if you ever saw that game. No. It was was an adventure game where you're investigating a haunted mansion, basically. Uh And there's a bit where the very first person you run into is a bad guy that'll kill you. Uh Uh-huh. And she's down a hallway, and it's like an old lady with a parasol. She looks like she's from the, I don't know, 1800s. And if you click on her before doing something i think you had to throw some sort of holy water on her and make her disappear because she's a phantom if you click on her she spins around she's got like a death face and it screams you know and it scared the crap out of you he knew it was coming so because he, oh, he'd already played it so he's like hey, come in here come in here check this out so I'll go, i go in there and he's he's playing it and he's like oh yeah let's let's click on let's see what she's about <laughs> clicks on her and i fall out of the chair and run out of the room screaming
2: that's ridiculous. Um,
3: but then we played uh, Alone in the Dark. I don't know if you ever got into that, but that was a, another sort of haunted, sort of Lovecraftian type. No. I mean, I
2: certainly remember, you know, like the really, really early stuff mm-hmm. a lot. And then playing those Star Wars games. I, blew, I killed Darth Vader at one point <laughs> from a TIE fighter. Yeah. Because he was like in, a, not a Star Destroyer, but, you know, what do they call the ship with the one up and the two on the side. Um, You know, it's always the one that the, you know, I yes. mean, even Kylo Ren shows up in one.
3: Yeah, that, that like folds. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember I
2: what they call that one. It's like not a shape, like it's obviously not an X-Wing or something like that. But anyway, I was in a TIE Fighter, and in this point at TIE Fighter, you're like uh, escorting him, you know? Yeah. And TIE Fighter was really cool about how it was open. So like you could just go. And it would give you, like, your distance from everything, and there was no real, like, end. You just went, which at that point, you know, games where there was unlimited space yeah, and freedom was really rare. That was something that, like, the console games, it took them forever to get that going, you know, because of the m- massive amount of memory, I guess, that it took. But anyway, I took him down. And they were like, "You have killed the Dark Lord." <laughs> they were not happy. Not we,
3: thought, we thought we thought that that was the greatest thing ever. That all of a sudden the entire empire was like, "No." Yeah, those were a whole branch of games that I just never. Really, I never really got into the Star uh, Wars games. I never played the like Wing Commander or stuff like that. I was I was into computer at first, and then I sort of switched mostly to console games. Yeah, because um, that's what my friends had. Um, I did play, there was there was one Star Wars game, and I cannot remember it, I'm sure somebody does, but its first level was, you had to fly, it was like a training level almost, and I, could, I couldn't even get past that. You had to fly down through this canyon, mm-hmm. and it was just, uh, I don't even re- remember if you had to, I don't think you had to shoot anybody, you just had to navigate this canyon. That sounds like X-Wing. It may have been, I don't remember. Um, because just, it
2: was real technical, like it was, Uh, it, which was kind of a pain in the ass, like, you had to learn the keys, and I mean, we did have a joystick. Yeah, like because that was big time, you yeah. know. But uh, that sounds like X Wing, and I mean, that's the way that uh, that that's the way that uh, Battlefront starts. Like the first uh, oh, training really? mission is Beggars Canyon. Yeah, and you're in X Wing. I, th- I think that's what it was. Yeah. And
3: I I have the freaking because <coughs> it would play the intro every time. It was like three dudes. You're flying into the canyon, and you're one of them. That's exactly how Battlefront starts. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I haven't played Battlefront. No, but, but that's yeah. really weird that that that. I is, would probably shut it off because that if if I saw that I'd be like, "F this! Oh, I'm not no. playing this anymore." Because that I could not get past that. I couldn't navigate that canyon for whatever reason. I don't know if like, I would just down is up, up is down, yeah. left is right. What? And I, you know, I I liked flight sims and things like that, but I just I could not. I could not grok to it. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I was crashing into the wall. Or I think it had a penalty if you got too hot, like if you got above the canyon, you, you failed. Yep. Um, oh yeah, I guarantee
2: you that was probably
3: X-wing because so it's crazy. I never that, got past it. Like I remember that, and it's
2: funny I, when I played Battlefront my first time in video game land
3: for a, a while, and I played Battlefront and I wrecked that X-wing like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> these you weren't gosh you weren't in x-wings i don't remember what you were in I'll, I'll have to i almost have to figure it out right now
2: if it was like it may have been like a wing commander kind of game or something but we were into the star we were in the star wars train you know what else i played was there was a really awesome baseball simulator game called it may have been called mlb baseball But the really cool thing was, like, so, you know, back then, you'd buy the box, and there'd be, like, 16 floppy disks in it or whatever, you know? And this game had uh, a—and just, like, a lot of games, you know, they were just all generics. But this game, like, would then sell, like, the one disk that had, like, all the info, at least the players. And then we made the logos for the teams. And, dude, this this thing kept the stats— Down to, like, if you go to my parents' house and you go to, like, my desk in there, I guarantee you there's a notebook in there that has, like, (laughs) printed out stats of fake baseball seasons. Like, stats! Yeah. Like, I could probably, like,
3: roll off, like, three or four games a day. You know, this is during the summer— I mean, so, this is were, uh, middle school. Was game you were playing baseball in the game? Like it was actually, yeah, yeah, were, like
2: you pitch, yeah, you know, and uh, you hit, and the ballparks were, um, like uh, that was the thing. Like you, there was one disc that it was the ballpark, you know, right upgrade. So that like you all the all the ballparks were replicated, which was really cool because with computer graphics and everything, you know, yeah. And then the other one was the player one. So, like, it would update a roster. So, all the players are correct. And they must just not have had, like, they must not have had, like, the logo. Because for whatever reason, we were making logos. Like, and and then, you know, like, we we could change them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, like, I think, you know, I'd throw a couple of no-hitters with Nolan Ryan in a year. <laughs> I mean, it was difficult. It was a hard game. Yeah. It was
3: probably, like, the most realistic kind of a baseball game. I was I was never into the realistic game, Like, the games that I got, the sports games that I got into were, like, I don't know if you ever played any of the Mutant League games, but I've played a <laughs> heck of a lot of Mutant League hockey. No, I really, I was a nerd. Like, I would, I mean, I, I wanted
2: to be a sportscaster. Yeah. So I would play the game and call it. <laughs> <laughs> really? I would broadcast the game as I played it. I'm sure
3: my parents were just like kids in there talking to himself again <laughs> we need to get him some friends we need to do something about this I did play a lot of a game called base wars on the Nintendo base wars yeah which I actually went back to it on an emulator recently just to just because I remembered it being pretty rad and uh, I'm, I was surprised at the amount of depth that was in there for the base. Nintendo and you were it was basically like future baseball and you were all robots.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I definitely so, remember that one. Yeah,
3: and, and the cool thing was like there were different types of robots. So there was a robot with a wheel, and he would, I don't know, maybe run faster or something like that. Yeah. And there yeah. were there were robots that were humanoid, and there were robots that floated. And you and, could upgrade. And you could use them in the in the outfield and they could catch home run balls. Exactly. And stuff. You could yeah. upgrade like you they could you give them a giant glove or you could give them a, a rocket hand or something <laughs> a like that. Giant glove. <laughs> A cool thing about it was when you tried to, I don't know if it happened, I know it happened when you tried to steal a base, but it may have happened more often than that, it would cut to, so it would normally be a baseball looking game, but whenever you tried to steal a base, it would cut to like a fighting game, and so that was another part of the the thing that you could upgrade. I remember that, being able to fight in that game. Yeah, dudes with weapons, you Mm -hmm. could put weapons on your guys and they'd shoot, so you know, maybe your second baseman has a machine gun and he... <laughs> guns Man, down the dude. It was such a rad game, and I played a ton of that. I I, I remember thinking, gosh, I can't remember. I don't remember the Nintendo being so, being there's so much option there. Yeah, but um, I also
2: remember there was a. See, I loved playing the the realistic games, and because I wanted it to be just like, you know, the team that I was following at the time. There was a baseball game that came out, and it was the first game that had this which now you know you can any kind of sports game would have this but like the salary cap situation it was like baseball all stars or something and it was all fake people but that was the thing you had free agents and you bought people and you know like so there was that kind of uh, you had a budget you know which was weird and then obviously with Sega Genesis um, sports talk football was the first time there was A voice voice. in the game, which was crazy. First down and (laughs) 10. And then, you know, you know where that went from there.
3: I got really heavy, and the only realistic game I got into was. um NCAA football. I got really. Oh my gosh! NCAA I football. Love me some ins- and that but blew see, me away. If that- you
2: played NCAA football, you had to play Madden because you could play NCAA football and then you could draft. Yeah, you're like the people in that season. If you play like a regular NFL season and a NCAA season, then all those people would be in the draft yeah. for Madden. So you could like. Oh, yeah. I mean, but see, when I did
3: that, I took Vince Young, and I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) I randomly had it from my computer. I never had it. I never, well, no, I owned it in college, but the one I played the most of was in high school, and I had it on the computer, and uh, it was, I don't know, maybe in 1998 or ninety-nine or something like that. And that was a game where I do remember very clearly being kind of blown away by... Yeah, I I always played as the Aggies, and a buddy of mine always played as the Huskers for whatever reason. Two teams that I hate. So I the I remember Aggies. being very like blown away when you're playing as the Aggies and you're in Kyle Field. I'm like, oh
2: man, this looks. You're like, look at awesome. all of these gay guys.
3: <laughs> look at all these dudes. Why the why don't they have female cheerleaders here? This is, this is it. That's the that's the the level that I could never beat. Oh yeah, I so definitely is, played that game, but this is Rogue Squadron. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looks so badass.
2: Um, and it's... What is the name of that ship, though? That's that same
3: kind of... I don't know. I don't know what that... I don't know if it tells you what it is.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call if you know the name of this ship. If
3: you know the name of the three... Looks like a little triangle. Yep, yeah, I remember this so clearly. Like, you're with a group, and it's like, fly through the canyon. Fly, fly, children, fly. I just... I don't I don't remember what there's a point in here at some point I think where you have to fly under something and I would run into that every time looking at it right now it looks like the easiest thing in the world because this canyon is gigantic old school
2: uh, video game talk is awesome
3: Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. in the dark was the first game that gave me nightmares I remember very clearly and that was a game where um, I don't know if you ever played resident evil i was just i was just trying to think of the one that freaked me out and it was resident evil it's similar to that where you're you're in a mansion and uh you have to plumb the depths of you have to work your way you start in the attic you have to work your way down the mansion and then into the underneath the mansion and there's all sorts of creepy things going on it's very very inspired by lovecraft and eldritch Horror that sort of thing
2: that's awesome though
3: um and which is probably one of the reasons why i got way into that uh was that game not even realizing what i was looking at back then but then i when i would start to read lovecraft later I was like oh this reminds me of of this but that game uh gave me nightmares very often because there were all, all those moments where you'd come around a corner and there'd be a dude standing there it, it worked the same way as uh Resident Evil, where they were fixed camera angles. Yeah. So you'd pop around a corner and then it would change Freak cameras. You out. And there'd be a dude standing there. Not cool. Creepy zombies or whatever else. You ever get into Mist? Is that a game that you were into? Mm-hmm. I know it. But.
2: <sighs> I think by the time. That they're. Like, I, I don't think I've played too many fantasy games. I think by the time that the fantasy games at that level were really kicking I was chasing tail. Yeah. And video, playing basketball. Video
3: games were done. No, I mean I
2: always played games. In fact m- maybe the most perfect semester in my life was right out of high school and going over to TJC and you know having classes like not very much and Mm -hmm. it's basically like the you know the 13th grade you know i'm in classes with my best friends and getting separated from people in a college yeah which is ridiculous (laughs) what a jerk i was but i would go over to uh my best friend's house every day and we play madden and then we would watch the Dukes of Hazard and pass out and go to sleep. Like, we weren't drinking or anything. It was just, like, just napping. Yeah. Like, hardcore Dukes of Hazard <laughs> napping. Like, I really think, just, if I'm thinking about, like, all my PlayStation, PlayStation 2-type games were generally all sports-related unless I was playing Star Wars, mm-hmm. like Battlefront. That Battlefront 2... Those battlefronts are badass. Yeah, the real big issue with this new one is there's no like campaign situation.
3: Yeah, it's just multiplayer. People are kind of
2: ticked about it.
3: I feel like that's always got to be in there. Yeah, as little as maybe some people play it, I feel like you've always got to have something. Yeah, I mean, people to do.
2: I, I, I honestly, I went like a, a week and a half before I even like hooked it up after we had gotten back because of the tornado and stuff. So, when I have played it and it's late at night, you know, it's awesome. I was even playing it a little bit today during nap time just because yeah. I needed some, I needed some kill zone time. I needed to take <laughs> some rebels down. It's funny. Like, if I'm in an angry mood,
3: I'm the empire. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm feeling jovial, I'll be the rebels. Yeah. Fight against the empire for a while. Yeah. So, did you see, uh, did you see Saturday Night Live I saw half of it I didn't get to see all of it
2: with super emo Kylo Ren yes I did see that you
3: saw the uh, the undercover boss
2: which was pretty brilliant that was really good it was really good them like kicking his bucket and
3: stuff (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part is when he's he's talking to the guy and he's talking about Kylo Ren's lightsaber (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go find Kylo Red's lightsaber. He walks out and immediately walks back in. Here, I found it. (laughs) And they're like, I don't know, dude. That looks a little busted.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Man, it's awesome. It's awesome, too. I'm really glad I got to see it. The IMAX 3D First time with, like, six other people. It was like I've, I had a whole theater to yeah, myself.
3: I've only seen it once. I really do want to go back and see it yeah. again. Let's uh, go right now. All right. Screw this. Let's go. <laughs> we don't need to do anything else. It was very good. I was I was surprised at how, how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't care.
2: I think people who are complaining about the... These people are going to complain. Yeah. I just don't see how you couldn't get in there and i was really impressed with the 3d aspect because i had foregone 3d movies for a while because i'd remember that the last one that i saw may have been christmas carol the dickens the disney one with uh, jim carrey yeah and that gave me a headache like hard And I didn't want like anything messing up my one Star Wars thing. So I'm looking at, you know, the, and I went to see it in Tyler and I was looking at the little rundown and the latest possible one. And it was IMAX and 3d. So, but I was really impressed with, uh, it's not like it, it like doesn't make you think like, Whoa, I'm watching 3d and there's not crap coming at you. It's not like watching
3: jaws back in the day. Yeah. It was good. It was that was one of the things that I think um, people don't give enough credit to Avatar for is the three D in that movie was much of the same way where it just made you feel more. It was almost like the screen had depth, not that it was coming out at you, but it 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 was like going into the screen almost. Yeah. Um. But I I generally don't like them because I don't like wearing the I don't like wearing the glasses the whole time and I feel like it, it's just dark. Yeah. Like the – it just makes everything Yeah, darker. it just doesn't
2: look it, – it just seems like you're giving up something for it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and I also didn't want to see something – like, I saw The Dark Knight and IMAX, like, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot. A lot. At that same theater right over there. Didn't we – did we go see The Rolling Stones over there? We did go see that. Yeah. That was a, a, that was a great – Movie too. No, I know. T- I I just just thought about that. The, mm-hmm. We'd done that together. That was fun. Um, no, but the, you know, when the Dark Knight would go to the IMAX screen and and it would open up. Yeah, that was so it was, cool. That oh, was unbelievable. And so part of me was like, I want to see it in IMAX, but I don't want to see it in 3D. And I actually did a lot of research. And people we, were
3: saying this 3D was was good. It and then people. Were, it was really good. It wasn't
2: again. It's not overpowering. And yeah. one of the uh, the one thing that you can really tell is the uh, the battle at Jakku when you know the Empire's coming and they're you know shooting her and she's running mm-hmm. and the droids following her. And like I saw the, you know, this is what it looks like regularly, and then here's the IMAX shot, and I was like, "Whoa, that looks like The Dark Knight." Yeah. And so all of that, like the fight through the, they're flying the them. death through the death uh, star destroyer. Yeah. The Millennium Falcon stuff. I mean, it's just badass. It was so cool. <laughs> so rad. It was so Chewy. Cool. Chewy rules so hard. <laughs> Chewy is pimping. Chewie been pimpin' since been pimpin' since been pimpin'.
3: Yeah, I I don't I feel like uh, I feel like the people who complain about that are, are just not maybe not even honest with themselves about what Star Wars really is, which is like it's a it's a fun adventure movie. It's not something that you need to necessarily overanalyze with characters. Yeah, with characters, those yeah. guys were characters. Chewie was funny
2: in the first three. you yeah. know? so I was
3: all on board.
2: Yeah. And Chewie ruled. I just can't wait to see Chewie F some stuff up because you know it's coming. Yeah. He you know be it's the coming. the ultimate hero. Oh gosh. He's so awesome. <laughs> Love him so much. It was kind of cool getting to talk to Cliff Berkman mm-hmm. about George. Space Sasquatch. Space Squatch. <laughs> they call me Space Squatch. Chewbacca bitch. <laughs> I was just looking up there in the The Republican debate, the debate with uh, the one Donald Trump has boycotted is on right now. And I was just looking like, dude, Ben Carson has to be so excited for this to be over for him so he can put his glasses back on (laughs) that poor guy who told him that that was a good idea. I don't know. It's the, become part of the bit, you know, the Saturday Night Live bit. Part of it is that he looks sleepy because yeah. his eyes are closed because he can't see. Right. It's actually non twenty four.
3: This right here is a is what happens when Trump skips the debate. You start to see John Kasich actually. Oh, they something. were so excited. They were so <laughs> excited. I think this is the longest he's talked in any debate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, we're not doing this. No, I'm not going to go down this road. We do this anyway, so we're not doing this today. I mean, it took took everything that I had to make it through the last 40 minutes of Savage yesterday. And I'm not going to tell you that I didn't make it through without yelling at some point. (laughs) It finally got to me. And it wasn't him. It was... The callers, oh my lord! Did you hit
3: any of them with the Bigfoot question?
2: I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. It's a different scene. That's you know a, that's a
3: little uh, a little faster pace.
2: The thing is, if I wasn't so whipped afterwards, I could because that phone rings all the time because he plays at such different you know times. Right? People and, call in.
3: They it, have no idea,
2: and uh, they don't generally even lock out the numbers or anything. So it's generally ringing. I mean, it ends right at five, and I'm like, cooked. I mean, I have to go outside and like take thirty minutes to just chill. Yeah, the f
3: out. A show like that is a marathon on more than one it's level. A
2: death march is what yeah. it
3: is. But it's like you're physically exhausted. And you're mentally exhausted. The great thing is, is uh, DL Hughley is right across the hall, <laughs> and those dudes
2: that work on that show are awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the one of the kids of their Mark, that's his producer, and our good buds. So it's just so funny to come out of Savage, and then right across the hall, it's just like Hughley and the
3: Laugh Factory yeah, over there. they're them all just yucking it up.
2: Clowning <laughs> and playing Snoop Dogg. It's so much fun. No, but I have to go outside and just marinate. And so generally, I'm getting out of there. I don't mind. I don't know why I didn't the other the other day because it's a perfect opportunity because I don't like to go right out and get into traffic that's the kind of thing where like you do that show and then you go get in traffic like I'd be dead in 10 years <laughs> yeah can't handle it yeah can't handle it bro. I'm
1: the man from the mountain won't you come on up Stop.